I finally managed to sit down and take a moment to try and collect my thoughts because I'm in the UK at the moment. I am going to take you through chronologically, if I can, the kind of four or five days where I was doing the most when I landed in the UK. So it'd be sort of Wednesday through to Saturday or Friday and a little bit of what I've been doing this week. And of course, it's to talk about what I'm doing, right? I feel a pressure whereby if I'm doing something that's interesting or I've done something that's hard or I've failed at something or I want to get better at something or someone I work with says something interesting, I have this like double pressure now to make sure that I share that. Make sure I share what's useful to people that take the time to listen to this podcast that are understanding more and more about themselves by listening to what I'm doing. And I know some of them, I know some of you guys are out there just doing your thing, but I feel this double pressure. So I've decided to sit down here in my uncle and auntie's wonderful house. Very lucky to be able to stay here, look after it for them. But there are so many things in the UK that distract me. I'm almost at a point where I can't breathe much. I can feel this tightness in my chest. If I touch my sternum, I'm in pain. And it's from excitement. I truly believe that you can have problems in your life and things going as you wish and not being able to kind of manage yourself as I am right now. And then I've also experienced the complete other end whereby you feel like nothing is going your way, nothing is good. And you also feel you feel terrible in some respects and you can't handle things. But all that's to say is I'm finally sat down. I'm finally in a dark room and I can't distract myself. And I want to talk about a number of things. I want to talk about Rainbow Wood Studios, Elise Mason, and the work I put in there and talking about the fruition of, of putting time into people that you believe in and the label that's starting there. Um, be able to join her in Paris next week. I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about seeing Ed Graves, of course, because Ed is the guy who's responsible for changing my life or at least helping me change my life. It's it's a huge thing. I want to talk about Ed Stokes, who's one of my oldest friends in the world, and, and, and talking about this idea of, well, first of all, what he's doing with his podcast, which is incredibly exciting. Um, and talk about Sorel Urelli as well, someone that I work with and some of the gems that kind of uh, I came across when I was working with her in London. I'm going to talk about um, the education work I'm doing, the workshops I'm doing, universities and, and talks and kind of stoking this fire. The reason I do this podcast is, is to, to reach people. And of course, anything I've learned at pain of, you know, failure, at pain of, of difficulty in financial or emotional stress, anything I've learned, I want to make sure that's passed on. Of course, it's a selfish thing, but hopefully if I tell my stories in an honest way, they'll come across. So that's a couple of things. I'm also going to cover the incredible Friday that I had and all the things that happened. And maybe if I don't get carried too far away from the subject, I'll be able to pass on a few of the more practical things in terms of like taking the relationship skills I've had in music and, and taking them to another field and seeing the success that they have and, I think really if, if the goal for this podcast could be, be could be altered after a hundredth episode because it'd be coming out after this, it would be to help people understand what luck really is and how it's half about how good you are and the other half is about your ability to build relationships, maintain them, monitor them and have that personal professional digital network working for you as much as possible. And again, I could get carried away, but I wanted to just talk about the nature of this episode because if you're here for things that are maybe more traditional in terms of us analysing songs or talking about your songs or some, some songwriting techniques, there will be some, but this is probably not the episode for you. If you're someone that's kind of hoping a bit more for, for straight-laced songwriting content, I think that's also what this podcast is good for, but for today it probably won't be much of that. It's very much me trying to talk about the intrinsices of, and the intricacies even of, I was trying to take what I love, which is songwriting and people and turn that into a career and take that around the world and all the exciting stuff and the beautiful people I've met. And 
I don't think I'm going to get through everything I've been able to do. I might mention what I'm doing with James Guido right at the end if people stick with it, but this is going to be for your kind of songwriting hardcores, the people that are maybe trying to make those changes in their lives and move into circles and introduce themselves to people. And if you're just here for the songwriting nerdy stuff, that will be happening around this episode, but this episode is very much going to be me taking a risk, taking a punt on exploring the things that are disappointing and difficult and hard and what it takes to actually do a week uh, of writing and meeting people, producing all of these things. And and also, you know, this is going to be my attempt at day in the life or week in the life of a songwriter. And I'm going to do my very best because it is incredibly stressful. And I'd love to just be lying in the grass or taking care of some other admin or communications, but I want to sit down. I want to break this apart and I want to do this for myself more than anyone else, right? This is positive selfishness, hopefully, but this is an episode whereby I probably won't be digging into your nerdy songwriting stuff as much. I'll be talking a lot more about the the other side, which I think is actually not spoken about. You can't necessarily learn this on YouTube or, or go and get a coach for this um, in the same way. So this is going to be my UK update. One of, one of many to come. And I'll be doing these, as I said, when I was in Australia, did my best to try and be updated. Um, I'm going to do a much better job in future. Um, I'm currently obviously doing my UK update. I'm going to be in Paris. I don't think I'll do an update then, but anywhere I go, I'll be back in the UK as well later this year. Anywhere I go, I'm going to be aiming to tell you about the things I'm struggling with because um, just talking about what I've achieved is is good for me, but I want to talk more about what's difficult and, and the importance of things that I've learned. And this, this may well go for three hours today. So if you're really feeling g'd up if you're really feeling engaged and you want to start taking those positive steps in your career to kind of practically work on building relationships practically see the fruits of things this is for you today and i've got this incredible pressure to try and make sure i do things that are good but i realize that's probably compromising me just sitting down and talking to you guys so if i take sips of tea or you hear me uh, coughing i apologize for that but i really want to make sure that this is natural this is just me in a room talking about what i've been doing this week and catching you guys up on that because as much as there's a duty to talk about contrast you know melodic contrasting lyrical contrasting rhythmic contrasting all these incredible things i see changing people's lives day in and day out you can't beat the ability to talk talk about relationships and and to move in in the circles of business so uk update here we go let's start with the homecoming rainbow wood studios i have not been to rainbow wood and seen my dearest brother ed graves or Elise Mason, for a long time. And I had a lot of apprehension. You know, I was driving up and I hadn't seen them for a long time. And it was just Ed that I saw and his wonderful girlfriend as well, which was really cool. But again, I could talk about all of these things today for about three hours, but it's been a while. I've been out of things. I've been trying to put my business together, trying to get my life together in France. And finally, I come back to the UK and I see Ed and it's just the best feeling someone you haven't seen you don't know what he's been up to if i can be helpful if there's things i need to work on but we just saw each other and we just laughed man we just laughed and we had like a little little cry hug thing and we just just so good to see him and then this floodgate of opportunity and information and he updated me on everything uh, he showed me he started djing it's a genius move you know to not only just be in countries to kind of do songwriting and everything he's doing with his label and, and performing but if you can also do dj sets if you can always it's kind of really effective is what i thought and what i said to him is when he told me he's doing all this incredible stuff with his label um which i can't talk about yet so i will when that comes out and that's the exciting thing is when it does come out i can talk about all of the steps that were relevant to you to you guys and relevant to 
to making that happen so you can go and start planting these seeds yourself. But you know, the genius of being a DJ is that you can go, for example, to LA for a writing trip. Um, he's also a writer, obviously, a producer. But then you can play a set that night, maybe earn some money, cover your trip. And it's this incredible skill that if you can learn DJing, and I had a go. And funnily enough, um, this girlfriend walked in, thought I was a DJ, didn't, they obviously said no. And then we accidentally phoned another artist he's working with and talking to. And again, I was in the background DJing. So apparently I was a DJ that day. But the beautiful thing and practical thing I think is, I've been away for a long time, but suddenly when you're with someone in the studio, catching up with them, the things you've been working on naturally come to mind. And I realized with Ed, we were both like, oh yeah, there's that song we did. Okay, cool. What do we do that? Oh yeah. So how's Elise doing? And I found out, okay, not only is she kind of recording some of the songs he wrote, but as I said, things are happening at the label I can't talk about, but they're going on tour. They're playing some of the songs he wrote. They're going to Paris. They're finishing this incredible tour. And I'd seen, because I'm really good friends with Elise and obviously even better friends in some ways with, with her boyfriend, James Vaser. He sent me some of the stuff they were doing and it just looks amazing. It's beautiful. It sounds amazing because Ed Graves is part of it. And suddenly I was kind of able to see more of what I can do. And then he was telling me about the second studio and what we can do in there and just, just catching up, you know, being in front of people. It's so, so valuable because as I said, a song popped up like, right, that's a cool project we can work on. Okay, the second room, how are we going to fill it? Who do I need to look for? Um, he's going on tour with an artist that I've been a part of and then suddenly get to spend more time there and um, understanding how he's structuring things. He had some incredible anecdotes as ever, which I can't I can't tell because they're his to tell. But just being around Ed is really inspiring and being back home at the studio and just seeing a few of the people that work there, it's just fills your heart. You know, I've done all this time out to try and level things. And again, I'm starting to roll that out and starting to work harder for you guys on this podcast because I'm realizing the value of it. Um, but you're going to have to stay really focused today because there's so much I can go on. But being there at Rainbow was amazing. And the following day, Elise was actually coming to do tour prep. So be able to kind of chat to her. And by the time this comes out, I would have probably gone to have seen Elise play in Paris, which is this incredible full circle moment whereby you you get to start something or be a part of the start of something by by working with Elise and taking her to Rainbow Wood. And again, I can't talk about everything I will when it's all kind of formalized, but... um it's a beautiful thing to see it all come full circle and it's kind of vindication because it takes time, it takes money, it takes sweat and blood and saying no to things and, you know, not being able to explain this to your friends and family. And I'm never one to, to suggest that people, you know, go and sleep on a couch for a year just to follow your dream. It's like, no, it needs to be balanced. But going back to Rainbowwood and just realizing what I love about Ed, what I love about what he's doing, I love about the way he's doing it, the opportunities he has and being in the long game together and seeing what he's achieving, what I'm being able to achieve and then sharing that with one another, I think is incredibly special. So I wanted to take this first part and just just talk about the value of going to see people, following up on things, being patient, building long-term relationships. And they're all really, really nice things to say, but I've finally been able to kind of see the full circle and try and benefit from that. So that is to be said of of the wonderful time. And like I said, I get to see that in Paris. Hopefully I'll watch the end of their Europe tour. I get to see my best friends whom I helped in introduce along with Pete Kirtley. Pete Kirtley is the kind of silent God behind all of this because he introduced Elise and I when I went down to the show to see her at the Bedford in Tooting. It all started there. And all of these skills that I think I will do a feature episode just on Elise because she's that special. She's that good. And she's that interesting. She's that hardworking. She's so talented and go and check out Elise Mason. Um, she would have been finishing up her tour, but just go and support her. Incredible person. Obviously, I have a vested interest because she's got a couple of songs. But I can't fully explain 
the importance of going to see Ed again and realizing that all of this is coming to fruition and things are going to be coming out. And after all that uncertainty and all that time and energy and, and sweat and blood put into things that you work with the right people, you do the right things. And there's so many skills and little tips and things I could talk about Ed and Elise for, for years individually. But I think that was only kind of four or five hours. And again, it was, I was learning to DJ and just seeing the value of that and having fun and then meeting the artists he's talking to, understanding what he's been doing. He talks more about the structuring of what he is building, what will be coming out in January that you can all um, have a look at and I'll be talking about more in depth. Um, just meeting more people in his life and him kind of extending branches and ideas and us being able to collaborate again. And it's just, he's completely helped me change my own life. That, that man is is wonderful. And there was a time where we weren't talking a lot and you kind of wonder if, if, something's, if something's not going well because of the distance. But when you get to see each other again, it's just this pure joy and all the fun and love that, that comes back. And then you go back to work. It's it's a beautiful thing. And like I said, I'm, I'm very tempted to talk about that for the rest of the episode, but I did just want to start with that. And that was that, was that same week. Again, this is going to be covering a week, but that was kind of one of the first days. And I can't go into all kind of personal life and where I'm doing all around that because it's it's slightly irrelevant right now and maybe I have more time if I meet one of you lovely people in person one day. But that was Rainbowwood Studios and, and the beautiful stuff that's going on there and the kind of blood and sweat that I've been allowed to put into that because of Ed and the things that I've learned are incredible and the songs that I've been able to write with him and the people I've been able to meet. And you just, I cannot explain without plugging my brain into this interface here and <laughs> in the house how much value there is so it's part of the stuff i talk about with people when i meet them i just had a mentoring session with a guy that I'm really impressed with today um, again introducing him to some of the people at rainbowwood because i really want to make sure that everything i'm doing obviously selfishly i want to explain it because it helps me to go through these things in my head but if you are understanding this and picking it up please go and use it please go and do it and um there's an incredible podcast called and the writer is which very much is this which is why I'm hesitant to do this because Ross Golden is amazing at getting this out of artists. But I just wanted to start explaining my story as we go and the significance of, of these things along the, the path of the podcast behind the wonderful content and, and really nerdy stuff that I love doing. But this is, I think, a bit more, a bit more, pardon me, practical. Again, this is, uh, this is guerrilla editing. This is just me. Tiki cannot be blamed for these edits, but... The next one I want to talk about, and I hope that was useful. If you've been able to listen in between, you're starting to, to grasp those relationship skills that are incredibly important. Um, and the next thing I want to talk about is my old friend, my dearest friend. And actually, to be fair, the reason I started uh, pitching songs to people, started writing songs, his name is Ed Stokes. Ed Stokes Sound. Check out Ed Stokes Sound podcast. Um, I've been on his, he's been on here. You would know him. But Ed and I met. Oh, it must be nearly eight or nine years ago. And we started writing songs um, in his student house. And I actually met him because I was pitching songs to his girlfriend's band. I was like literally walking to a room and opening up my cork covered notebook and playing these songs to people, seeing if they want to record them. So that, you know, they were never going to record them. They were never going to continue and have careers and stuff. Like I just never thought that. But I remember pitching ideas to these people, going to their houses, playing them, getting real life feedback. And I've never talked about any of this stuff the podcast like i said because there isn't time in, in some respects but ed stokes is amazing and i caught up with him where he lives in the uk and we talked about 
what it's like for him. He's got a young family. His second child is on the way. He's younger than me. He's making it work. He's a producer. He's a mixer. And he has taken his podcast and he's doing some incredible, incredible stuff. I remember talking to him about it a year or so, watching him starting it up. And he the other day, he got Cardi B's engineer who's doing Mix of the Masters tour of the UK to come into a studio. And he got free seminar tickets to go and see him. And they, also this guy was happy because of the way Ed's approached it, because of the way Ed is. He recorded this incredible interview about having... A young family and also being, you know, successful mixing engineer and just to see my best friend, Ed, you know, coming in and in between looking after his kids and playing shows and doing everything he can for his family. He's still a consummate professional. I'm sorry if you can hear that noise. It's just amazing. It's just amazing to see him. And he talked about, you know, private pensions as a musician and all this stuff that I don't talk about in the podcast, but it's just good to see old faces in the same way. But to know he's doing well and to be able to share things that he's doing and learn from him and watch him shine in this podcasting world and seeing the way it's changing his life. I couldn't be happier for him. And we only saw each other for like an hour and a half, two hours because he's a dad, but it's just a pleasure to see good people who are working hard and buying into the mentality. And the interview I did with him was about the go-giver where you're starting to kind of build connections that are going to last 10 years. And my philosophy is very much that, that the people I collaborate with, so the people, you know, Ed, both of the Eds I've mentioned, there's Ed Graves and Ed Stokes, if you want to check them out, that I've mentioned so far, and Elise Mason, James Vazer, Dan Lewis-Neal, all these people, we're all the same age, we're all trying to crack into it, we're all doing our best to be a part of the industry, and even James Guido, who is out in Sydney, who I'm my dearest, dearest friend, I spoke to him, I've spoken to him a couple times already this week, and we've been speaking ever since I went to Australia last year, and we've been starting to build something upon that mutual understanding of hard work and how to maneuver, how to work hard. And I'm really impressed with what James is able to achieve. So I'm trying to surround myself with this 33% rule of like 33% of your time should be spent with people you're impressed with that are also your same level, collaborators as such. And you know, 33% with mentors I might have talked about before, 33% also teaching and coaching because it's this gorgeous cycle that I believe in because um, I benefit from it as well. So seeing Ed Stokes is, is just... It's a blast from the past, but also I learned from him, you know, really practical financial things, interesting things, business things, and some of his anecdotes about the way he thinks about life because he just has to get on with it because of his family. It's really inspiring as someone who doesn't have kids yet, doesn't have a family yet. But to me, Ed is, he's kind of a hero. He's my little big brother and uh, it's a pleasure to see him. So that's all kind of relevant in that sense as well. And then the Wednesday night, because I'm trying to go and track this week for you, I met with an artist called Sorel Yarelli. And I kind of need to pull back a little. You can check out Sorel Yarelli. It sounds exactly as it is if you check it out on Instagram. Incredible Turkish artist who, who had kind of everything she wished for at 21 by being really famous in Turkey for this series, but just realizing how damaging it is and how much it's crushed her. And she's got this incredible story. She, again, same age as me, someone who's doing something amazing just watching her go through her life and being friends with her, came up to a flat um, in in West London and uh, bless it, her mum had like broken a leg walking upstairs. There was this dog there and we were writing songs in her kitchen. And she also showed me this video of an advert placement that we had off this song I did with Takahide George as well. Thanks to Grace Jackson. I know Takahide George, shout out Grace. I was talking to her today about something really exciting for this podcast. So I'm seeing this kind of proliferation of spending time with good people, investing time in good people does come back. And back to Sorel, um, we were in her flat and writing songs and she was telling me just things about her life. And again, showing me this advert placement that we had and she's got this unique ability to 
to maneuver and, and just talking about what's brought her happiness in her life so far and then we translate into our song and then we look at a demo that another producer's done for her and then I trans translate that and there's a little gem I wanted to talk about with when Sorrel is amazing to me because she constantly challenges me she challenges me to be more patient to be more understanding to be a better listener because what she brings to me is so far from my life experience that I have to kind of sit back and question and understand and she's so on it and like what do you think of this what do you think of that no I don't like this yes I like that I really relish working with her and, and also this other thing I was going to say is whenever we write together it, I always end up playing on the keyboard it's always me that ends up playing keyboard and I'm used to being around people like Ed Graves who's a master um Ed Stokes master musician and their respective instruments Elise Mason all these people James Guido everyone I work with Takahide they're great instruments. They're great with their instruments, so I never have to touch the instrument. But with Sorel, she can also play, but for some reason, she's this like incredible beacon of energy and ideas. So she's very much like standing up often or like, so I'm sitting there in front of a piano and she's gone, hey, I've got this song. So we transcribe the lyrics and then I make, you know, we put together some of the melody ideas and bless her, you know, mum's in the back of the couch, like actually shouting incredible ideas, which is really funny and um, making good jokes and we're talking about life. But then, equally I'm having to sit there and she's going cool let's start playing it and again it's that kind of imposter syndrome where, where I could say to myself I mean I, I don't play keyboard I wonder if we can I was like yeah cool no worries I just sit down and um, it reminded me of a, of a session I had with my client Tyler Thompson yesterday and he was like you know how do you figure through chords like what's the technique what's the way I'm like you sit down and you get it wrong 50 times and it's exactly what I did with Sorrel and I thought hey, there's, there's a risk that I'll look unprofessional. And I remember her even saying before in a previous session, like, oh, do you play keys, right? You can play keys. In, in you know, my, my self-conscious thing is I'm not, I'm not a play-by-ear guitarist or piano pianist. You know, I very much, like guitar is okay for me. I can survive on that. But when it's coming to piano, you know, I get really nervous. But then when I'm with Sorrel, it's this wonderful thing whereby I go, cool, let me figure it out. And I'm literally starting with playing bass notes in the left hand and going, which one's based on the melody she has? She already has a melody. I'm like, okay, cool, there. And then this chord, and then this chord. And she's going, no, no, yeah, maybe. And like, you know, there's no time to be self-conscious. It's just like, cool, what do you think? Cool, yeah, right, cool. And eventually we got there. Got the chords we loved, and then I started even to kind of, okay, little chromatic movements. And I'm like, okay, cool, that works. And when you realize that it is about just trying it and being willing to learn, being willing to look stupid, um, and I could quote the Daily Stoic, Ryan Holiday, about um, Epictetus saying that you're never going to learn something unless you're willing to look stupid doing so or worse to that effect, which I truly believe in. So with Sorrel, like I said, not only is she really cool and she'll bring in these kind of brand brand placements with, with the song, you know, she has these incredible ideas and sessions and she's got this kind of fluctuating mental health that we talked about and it was really wonderful to see her again after all this time. So I just think doing sessions like that, as I said, bless her mum, she was so sweet trying to be quiet at the background, but I was like, don't worry, you've broken your foot, just chill out, enjoy yourself, you're helping with the song. And she genuinely came up with a chorus line I was like, that's really cool. Ocean on the shore. And we were coming up and we we're writing songs like this. It was like, this is so cool. And we were four or five hours and Sorella is just an absolute ball of energy. So you have to really be there. And I think that's the beauty of working with her. And she's got these incredible ideas that no one even thinks of. And the way she lives her life is just incredibly unique. So check out Sorella Urelli and I'll be keeping you guys updated again when things come out, when things are actually public, then I can start to talk more about that journey. But as you can hear, you're probably sick 
of me saying things like that if you're a fan of this podcast but it literally takes that long it can take a year year and a half for songs to come out so i really hope that this is helpful in some ways to know that everyone is struggling like even the best people i know it can take a year for songs to come out or there's so many things that can go wrong between now and then but working with sorrel is is just it's unique and i think that's the reason i like to work with her and i kind of feel like you got to be there when people are struggling you got to be there to help them and kind of her going through different you know different things professionally different things i'm gonna take a sip of tea in a minute so you're gonna to have to deal with that awkward silence but going you know seeing her go things professionally it's tough and you want to make sure you're there and then we end up writing the songs and there's another thing i realized this week is through some of the clients i have some of the friends i have even my own experiences particularly artists that i work with you go through this incredibly horrible time and if you come out the other side of it because there is care to be taken to make sure people do come out the other side of it right they have such wonderful stories. They have such perspectives and such things to tap into and kind of healthy catharsis. And I always say to Emily Torman, who's a you know, great host of the show as well, much better than me, that we talk about the idea that songwriting is therapy. I think it's cheapening to say that it's like songwriting is therapy. So going back to those roots, but then seeing the flower of that be really cool songs that can maybe make some money, maybe do some streams, maybe help me in my career, help me in my journey is just so gratifying. So working with Sorel is an absolute gem and polishing up on my turkish and uh, just saying yes to the idea of seeing things in different ways and um yeah this is the idea of this this particular episode um if those of you guys are still listening i think it's cool because you're trying to make those relationship-based practical steps in your career and i'm just going to be honest in these updates because i believe <clears throat> i can't necessarily guess what's useful to you so i do my best to just say what i'm doing and you'll pick what you need from it as we go. So that's Sorel Urelli. Then came Thursday. Thursday is probably what prompted me most to record this episode because it's my big, big, big loss. Big losses. Um, and I think the idea of falling forward, meaning making mistakes in the right direction, is what comes up here. But but frankly, it just sucks. When things go wrong, you know, I had this opportunity to go back to my old university, who I set up with a friend of mine um, whom I adore and probably will do the same thing in november when i go back right so it's it's fine but something happened in, in his personal life and his family and he texted me the morning of it's about to leave and he said i'm really sorry but dot 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 and you just of course you take it gracefully because it, there's nothing you can do and there's no way to react that's other than saying i'm really sorry like don't even worry about it this just i mean how else can you react when something happens like that but had this other thing lined up as well because i think it can be smart often if you're planning trips to have not necessarily contingency plans because i'm very honest with people if they offer me things i can't do them i say hey i said i'm going to do this so i'm going to do that but should it not happen i will let you know and again this thing had fallen through but i thought okay cool there's actually a really great opportunity that i can now take lo and behold this is the season for sickness this is the season of difficulties and that was also cancelled so i had those moments where you think wow i've luckily not traveled to the uk just to do these things and i actually live here anyway my family a lot of my family are here so it's never a lost cause right that's also the contingency of being a songwriter and putting trips together which i'm putting more trips together as we speak in the back of my head with these lessons of like right have fail safes have contingencies but also make sure you're doing stuff that's just fulfilling anyway so it's never a kind of big pressure on the people you see for things to happen and i've been guilty of all of this that's why i try and share it but when two things fall through it's, it's gutting 
it really is gutting and I had my moment I thought I had my moment but I had my moment and then I got on with something really difficult I've been trying to do in my business that has been bugging me for years and I was actually really proud of myself I said I'm not just gonna flop out today and give up and just game because I could have gamed I'm in my brother's house he's got some great stuff I was like look no come on the person you want to be wouldn't do that make a choice that you're going to be happy with tomorrow later right so I did that the first five six hours of the day just went okay cool despite having got already you know got ready to go and ready to present not only this this kind of educational content be around that but then also okay no fine I cool I can go to a session that'd be good all of these things fall through by no fault of anyone's and I'm not bitter but there's a case of damn that's tough and the damn that's tough hit me in the afternoon done all this work all that day I was really proud of myself and I was like cool amazing wow actually I call it swallowing frocks you know things you really don't want to do but they're important and I did that for my business I was super proud I just did it it's like wow cool so I've turned this crap day crap feeling day because again I hold no grudges in, in terms of what happened and I'm really glad actually that you take bad times gracefully because then those people invite you back and you know opportunities are opening up based on how you react to people right but that crap came in the afternoon it was probably like 3 or 4 p.m and I thought right I'm just gonna try and lie down do some mindfulness didn't work okay what if I try and literally nap didn't work couldn't get it out it was this rushing feeling from my from my kind of chest and my heart to my head and it's kind of like someone's blowing air into you into your lungs but not in a good way and it's kind of it's just anxiety that feeling creeping into the front of my chest that I've been able to just kind of just get on top of recently and also part of this recording right now listening sorry right now speaking to you what you're listening to is also my effect of trying to decompress um but it hit me and I had to take six or seven laps of the block I was just my knee hurt as well I'm trying to go through a kind of recovery for my knee so I can't do exercise like I'd normally like to to then get the alleviation so that this day was a huge test you know of my resolve my resilience how I react to bad situations plus poor health plus poor mental health for that day um physical health as well physical pain being ill it's dark all of these things and you go hey my choice is how I react today and despite it being a really crap afternoon but luckily that evening I went to see my best friends in the world and they just you know I didn't ask them I was like I'm in a bad mood but I really don't need you to cheer me up it's not your job as my best friends but lo and behold you know the effect of best friends you spend time with good people and they actually egged me on to do something else really special that I might get onto today but probably won't but going back to that day that's disappointing I think you're going to have more of those as a songwriter than you're going to have wins and actually those wins come like I said in a year sometimes two years or to get a publishing deal is actually a really long process so it can be 10-15 years of building up a portfolio when really the meeting might be short or yeah I'm going to try and keep it to what I did as opposed to what I was thinking when I did it because then I'm going to be going all over into next year and all the stuff that I'm planning all the things I'm doing but that day of failure, that day of difficulty, I'm proud of how I reacted. That's all you can, can control, right? And those two opportunities are still wide open for me because of the way you react to that. Then I managed to swallow that frog and do something difficult. And then I actually managed to handle really, really bad mental health for a period of time. And I was aware of, you know, being tired and being ill and the effect that can have. But after having nailed that stuff, then the disappointment came later in the day on top of other things. And you really start to question a lot of things. But if you can hold on and, and take those right steps, and I call them the six, you know, the six things you need to bear in mind. And if you're interested, you can send a message because I can't get into all of that again, but I've been doing it with my clients. And it's been really, really translating. So I'm proud and also it works for me. So trying to be humble and follow my own advice. I'm staring at this tea and I haven't had it yet. 
But following my own advice, that day was of failure was something I can be proud of, but I promise you I didn't take it that gracefully internally and it was very hard, but professionally, I think as songwriters. And even I, I'm aware, actually, I've been told that some people listening to this podcast are not songwriters, which is actually why I did this episode, because this is about building relationships and how you actually use, as you think about it, you know, physically meeting people, handshaking, how you use that to change your life as opposed to just digital approaches. So that was the Thursday, the day of disappointment that turned out to be a day I'm proud of. And I'll talk to you about Friday after this sip of tea. There you go, it wasn't that bad. Like a comedian on stage. And I think that's for the kind of negative side of things. And then the Friday was again this aspect of managing positive things so they don't become manic, so you don't start to go down a track whereby you end up with stories that we've all heard, like the Mac Millers, Avicii. Um, I think Linkin Park was very different, but that nature of things whereby people are having really, really good lives, but because it's out of control, because it's too difficult, they they do things that you know are very damaging to themselves or others. Um, so again, this Friday after that disappointing Thursday was the kind of complete flip where I had such a great day I had to literally calm myself down and listen to music in between the four things I was doing that day. Forgive me, sorry, that's very unprofessional. And I think the idea to translate is this, is that I woke up, I got onto a call with James Guido, producer out in Sydney in Australia that I met, and we decided, we didn't even write a song that day. We sat down and went, hey, I'm thinking... I think in a similar way to you. I like what you're doing. I like what you do. Let's not write a song today. And the disappointment. Remember having to, to handle the disappointment there because I didn't write a song, you know, with those people, with those actually three writers, producers that I met, but I did meet James. And we literally sat, we had a coffee and then we had time to have a couple hours conversation. But something happened there whereby we stayed in touch, like I said, for five, six, seven months and stayed in touch, wrote a song, he logged back on, he liked me, I was like, you know, in a really dark time where I was kind of suffering from, oh wow, I really think I've screwed everything up here and I'm not quite doing what I said I was, um, to be to be stuck with and then to now be doing this kind of joint venture production partnership, again, like I did with Ed at Rainbow, where it's these long-term meaningful relationships you have with people that you get along with that come to fruition. So back to the Friday I was talking about, that was with James from Sydney. So we're, we're, we're building something slowly that's really exciting that we both love and we're very difficult, but be life-changing. So essentially I'll talk about that again when things have been turned to concrete, I would like to put it, become concrete, become tangible. Where you can go and see it, you can go and hear it and then I can talk about it. But that was the morning. So I'm really excited to always work with him. Now some stuff and then straight from there, I got on train, went to Northeast London to West Ham to meet the great Irini Mando who you will hear the interview of because that interview was... I mean, I'm not going to egg it up, right? I'm not going to to say it's the best thing ever, but my experience of listening to her talk about songwriting was incredible. So spending time with Irini and then we literally had like 90 minutes, had to put like a like run-in set up. She was wonderful, letting welcome into her home. So I was her housemate and flatmate. So it was very sweet. Interviewed her, incredible interview. And then we had a bit of time to talk and you're going to be hearing more from her because she really is quite special as well. And I met her because of Sorrel Urelli, the artist I mentioned earlier. She came in as a uh, another writer. And I should have mentioned the producer in that session was called Imad. And um, type in Imad producer, you should be able to find him on the internet. Again, another guy I really loved and he had an 
opportunity for me on that Thursday of Thursday of disappointment. But again, the way you handle it, the people remember that. And from there, you can start to build relationships. But Irini was that interview I had on the Friday. So I had the morning meeting with James. Friday, I went to Irini and had this incredible conversation. I just thought I met someone again, kind of like James. You go, right, this is a person you need to spend time with. We're going to achieve stuff together. And then after that, got straight on a train to Croydon, which is in South London. And I met Matteo de Paris and James Cunningham, who are called Busy Boys. And they're doing some really cool stuff. Again, they've been working so hard. They're such good people. Um, to get straight into a session with Chris Critian, um, which I think there's a joke about people saying a name wrong, which I might have done. But going in with an artist as well, I think I'd spoken to her slightly before and I was like, okay, cool, actually we're going to work together. Jumping into a session, running that process, which again, I don't know if I have that much time to talk about all these things today, but I'm going to have a quick go at the Busy Boy session with Chris Critian because I remember I knew James, I knew Matteo, I didn't know the artist, but you walk in, it was annoying because I was slightly late and I don't like being late. If I am said I'm going to be on time, I want to be on time. If I said I'll try to be there on time, that's different. But I said, no, I'm going to be there at two. And I wasn't. And that's annoying. I let it slide in terms of travel. All worth it. But James had a great point. He said, look, just turn up, be zen. We want zen you. Don't worry about the time. I was like, okay, amazing, cool. So this was something actually I really wanted to talk about because I had an old singing teacher who said what you need to do if you're late. And he gave this lecture, I would say, eight years ago, and he was a great session singer. And he said, if you're late to a session, you don't burst in and go, I'm so sorry I'm late, da 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 because people are probably already working, they're already rehearsing. He said, if you are late, how can you prepare? And his example was he would like, he was a, he was a great session singer, and he would sit and prepare charts, which is what, you know, your, your, your harmonies, your, your, your notes, your lyrics for these sessions, if he's doing radio or doing live performance, so that when you come in, you just sort of sneak in and you join you don't kind of destroy the atmosphere saying why you're late. You go, no excuses. I'm prepared. Really sorry. Let's do this. I'm ready. And suddenly you go from someone who people never want to hire again to someone they're more likely to hire because of the way you handle the situation. So I was on a train half an hour out from this session and I went, instead of me going, I'm sorry, I'm really late. And I was like, no, I'm going to make sure I'm ready. So what I did is I set up a Google Doc I said, here, use this for the lyrics. I sent them all the links so they all could jump in. I put free writing at the top. I had verse pre-chorus, like I do with my clients, to be completely honest. It's the same process. So that also checked out the reference he sent me, how to listen, analyzed it. So when I turned up to the session, and of course, James and Matteo are wonderful people, so they didn't really care um, that I was a little bit late. I was ready. I'd already knew the reference track. I knew where they were going. I was able to go, okay, cool. You're thinking this for the lyrics? Because actually I heard this. Like, cool. Let me show you something contrasting. So we had a few more examples. I, I, was, I was just in, you know, I wasn't late at all. I was early on it because I'd been preparing on the train. So if you are late to a session, find a way to prepare. Even if that way to prepare doesn't necessarily change the course for the session, because you have to be aware again of not going, you know, not ruining what they've got going on because they were doing preparation of ideas. But if you can just show the right intention, then people respect that. And it's an, it's an element of professionalism as well. That I learned from John O. McNeil, who's really cool and my old teacher. He's a wonderful human being, actually. Um, so that was cool when I rocked up to the session. And then my process of a session, I've already talked about on a different episode, but very quickly I'll say I walked in, established some of the themes, the audio reference in terms of what she wants, and then the lyrical depth that she's going for in terms of lyrical deep diving and the depth she wants. 
And then after the establishment idea, I was kind of talking to James and Mateo, like, okay, cool. If it's 80s, like maybe this for this vibe, maybe this, and just be able to converse with producers and explain your ideas and getting to know someone, the artist, as you walk in. Because you've got to go from getting to know someone to getting to talk about a really difficult thing in their life. And once James and Mateo had established an idea, I was like, hey, cool, let's go upstairs, Chris. I'm going to take you through the process. We did the free writing process and I explained it to her. She talked about how she finds it sometimes difficult, being Maltese, to write killer lyrics that are really deep and meaningful. So I took her through this exactly the same as a client, right? But unpaid in this sense, in terms of doing it more for royalties. Um, taking it through, taking, like asking these kind of Socratic therapeutic questions to establish the free writing, then going through the storyboarding. And then at that point, I felt confident we had enough information to go back downstairs, start working on melodies, plugging in the melodies, then retrofitting those with the right lyrics. And all of these stuff I don't have time to explain because it literally takes hours with clients to do so. Um, running that same process whereby I'm kind of a conduit for the, what the artist wants melodically, lyrically to the producers and understanding what the producers need and also making changes, suggestions to them in their language and then feeding that back through to the artist, making sure that everything is is circulating and that the lyrics are, are touching the ideas they're doing for the, for the production as well. So as you can tell, that's quite a lot. Com comedic sip of tea. but I enjoy it. That was a session. And then right after that session, I went back north into London to meet with my cousin who does real estate and he's a really interesting, lovely guy, incredibly sensitive like me and we just essentially talk about our relationships, life, being sensitive people, having depressive episodes. Then there's my other cousin who's doing finance and we call him Elon Husk um, for completely private reasons, but again, really smart, really different. And my brother who's a doctor, older than me and taller than me, I'm 6'4", he's six. 10 he's a, he's a beast but i love seeing those people because it's just a connection similar to seeing ed graves and bath it's like people you've known for a long time that you love and trust and you can share ideas um but to be honest i, I get really excited about work like having that meeting with james in the morning then going interview arini and then going and doing a session like spending time with family is cool but i have to confess that i can be guilty of just focusing on work when actually if you listen to alex garingas the most important thing is family it makes you a better songwriter so being grounded and being aware of that and I was able to give my brother his Christmas birthday present which was a video from a mentor, Daniele actually, who did a pre-recorded message which my mind, my brother's mind was blown completely by this message. So thanks Daniele if you're listening. Um, all of that was just a Friday, right? And that is a great day but in between that I had to listen to Stromae which is an incredible Belgian artist and do breathing exercises while getting food, while traveling and days like that are not sustainable. I knew that would be a, a, you know, red, in the red, in the revometer of a car, completely in the red, pushing the engine to its limits that Friday. But I met Arini, I spent time with James, got to write Matteo and James Cunningham in the, in the afternoon and, and Chris as well. But, you know, I could talk about any of those for the amount of time, you know, far, far more than the amount of time it even took to do it because they're so rich in information. That's part of the reason why I feed these back. Um, so I appreciate you listening to this. If you really want to get into the weeds, if you really want to understand how to to move around, how to operate, this is what I'm going to be trying to do. But all of that's to say as well, the family is super important. And that evening, I spent time with family. And the following morning, my girlfriend joined me in London. I had this gorgeous day of important conversations about our lives as well, because we're moving around between countries. She's coming with me sometimes, which is a dream of mine in a way to, when, I, when I say this, but it comes with its thoughts and considerations. And I don't want to be someone that just works. I want to always be someone that's present for friends and family. And 
and the Sunday I spent with my, one of my best friends as well, my brother and his girlfriend, and just realizing the importance of building relationships personally, that skill and that transference of skills to building relationships professionally and the anchoring of your personal relationships give you a very stable base to go and meet people. So that's also incredibly important. And then we are into this week, but I, I really cannot go into everything because I think I'll get completely completely lost in the weeds but that was just some of the people some of the things that I've been doing and I've missed seeing my greatest friends who start me to he told me to start this podcast so he's responsible for a lot of things and um about the education stuff that I'm going to be doing next month so when I'm back next month I'll be doing an update I possibly maybe just be able to squeeze another update here but just a few highlights for things that be coming up next would be an LA trip which is going to be cool meeting some of the people you've actually heard on this podcast so hopefully you'll see that instant idea of like you meet someone on a podcast you talk to them you get out to LA you capitalize on that relationship while they're interested and here's to seeing how it all goes and I hopefully in future I'll be able to come back with you with more problems and more things I've had to come up against and how I dealt with them because that's probably more useful to you than me just talking about things that have gone well um but LA trip um Paris going to see Elise next week and a really funny meeting which isn't relevant to songwriting but for those of you that know me very funny application of how to use um, relationships professionally to, to to achieve things, which is a completely different uh, field. So I won't talk about that on this podcast, but that's coming up. Um, and then traveling, hopefully doing Central Central America with my, with my lovely girlfriend while working and, and still producing content and doing this and keeping involved with James. James Guido is going to be someone you're going to be hearing more and more similar to Ed Graves is that James Guido and I have started a remote uh, production, music production company business which is going to be aimed at finding people that are not in should we call them a markets like uk or america and trying to find people that are incredibly talented all over the world and find a way to produce them remotely to bring them in the, into the industry um, so that's exciting that we're doing that plus we're going to be doing this this writing trip in la together and taking things down and i'm going to be able to interview some wonderful people that i've been really hoping to really hoping to introduce to you on the podcast i'll be able to do that in person now which is really exciting but all of this is formulating my head and um booking trips is incredibly stressful but there is something to be said about investing your time and i was talking to um a client a friend student someone i'm mentoring today about you know it's not necessarily about the amount that it costs it's about the intention of you spend that money on a train ticket on a flight ticket on um a lesson in his case or like traveling somewhere to meet someone that's an investment if you stick at this, that thing you spend money on is an investment, whereas most people will see that as a cost that don't do music, that don't understand this idea of investment. There's a balance that I'm learning as well to make sure I have um, enough stability, enough yeah, enough stability and security to be able to make these big leaps. You know, like jumping from cement as opposed to jumping on sand. You can jump from both, but there's more of a risk. You can have a good push-off from something concrete, something secure, something loving. So all of these things I'm trying to get around and... I've not mentioned everyone I want to today, but I think that might well be enough for, for this update. We're coming up to coming up to an hour or so or, or close to that. And I'm in the process of trying to achieve things that I dreamed about. And I've made mistakes. I have probably upset a lot of people. I've definitely upset myself more than that. And I'm trying to learn to, to balance things there. But thanks for sticking me with me with me here. As you can tell, I'm pretty excited. And I will be doing plenty of breathing, plenty of mindfulness because I still have this pain in my chest. I still 
I'm very excited about things, but you do have to take care of yourself. So that's also to be to be mentioned. And hopefully I've done a good job of explaining failures, triumphs, process of things, the difficulties, who I've met, the context of that. But really, I just want to get that idea across of luck. So 50% is how good you are. How many hours have you spent doing something? Can you prove that in terms of a portfolio? And then can you reproduce it under pressure? That's half of the equation of luck. The other half, I truly believe, is relationships. And I'm working my way to understanding exactly what that means practically so I can explain it to you guys. But the way I think of it now is your personal network, your professional network, and then your digital network in terms of what you are online and how you bring that from digital to professional to personal and even the other way around. So it's kind of also, I haven't even talked about them, some of the brand work that my best friend's girlfriend's helped me with to make this better. Um, Tiki, as ever, appreciate you helping this to continue, keeping me accountable. And obviously Callum as well for having started this, having started this with me all that all that time ago to allow us to, to meet these amazing people and interview these amazing people. So there's loads of people to thank. And I'm desperate to have a tea because my throat is very dry and I'm English. And... I really appreciate everyone that listens to this. I hope that the content is is helpful to you. I'd like to know if it isn't, we're going to be on YouTube a bit more, a bit more on social media as well. I'm finally getting my head around that. And that was actually what I tried to attack on that day where I had that double failure. The day of difficulty was, okay, cool, let me get short form content because I have this fear of it, have this kind of phobia for the content. And I'm really trying to learn how to... How to, how to work on my strengths and how to avoid my weaknesses hampering me too much. And a lot of the people that I work with have been very kind about my strengths and I'm trying to double down on what I can do. But at the same time, we've got to be balanced. I've got to be fair. I've got to be kind. I've got to be available to the people I love. And um, so many things that go along with that, particularly understanding like what ADHD is, has done for me. Maybe talked about it very briefly before, but like understanding that ADHD is something I'm uh, blessed with i'll put it that way but understanding how to work with that and equally understanding boundaries of how to how to look after yourself in and amongst others as well while we navigate this difficult world so it's been really cool to know that there are some people out there who are not songwriters but you're listening to this and you're taking it um practically and hopefully helping you in your lives as well but get out there and do it take that investment take that stable investment jump from concrete not sand and i will be doing so i'll be keeping you updated and i, I promise to be to be fair in terms of what I tell you in terms of triumphs and difficulties and then when this cool stuff comes out with Elise James with Sorrel anyone that I work with I'll make sure to take you back through that story and um, thank you so much I appreciate this show I appreciate what it allows me to do it's taken me over the world slowly 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 now so I'm going to keep doing it and I appreciate you listening watch this space we shall continue goodbye <laughs>